Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. I'd like to thank you for joining us. My name is Kevin Peart, and I will be your host today. Today, we'll be discussing the importance of encouraging our youth pastors and the resources that are available to help them impact our youth. We have with us today Jay Barbere. Uh, he is the uh, Evangelist and Event Specialist at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Jay, thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you, Kevin. Well, Jay, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Uh, I was born and raised in South Louisiana. Uh, I'm a, a Cajun through and through. Uh, I miss my seafood. But I've been in Tennessee for about eight and a half years now. Uh, absolutely love Tennessee, the culture of Tennessee, and the excitement of uh, getting to work with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, of uh, trying to connect people to the love of Jesus Christ. Well, now you've been in your position a short time, but you've been a youth pastor for a while. I've been in youth ministry for a little over uh, 15 years now, uh, whether that was uh, serving in bivocational full-time ministry. And I did this for a while as a bread man and uh, then as a full-time youth pastor. So you were, you were bivocational for a while? Yes. And there at the church where you were at, you did a big youth conference that you were responsible for for a while, right? I served in Millington First Baptist Church in the Memphis area. Uh, we had a uh, summer camp called Merge and just trying to connect churches and students to be able to go and serve others and tell others of Jesus. Well, what's your passion for ministry? Well, my passion is telling people about Jesus and how I can connect with the church or a youth pastor to get them fired up and excited about going to share their faith. A lot of that was because of mentors and people that poured into my life and going to New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, our, our calling, our statement of faith there uh, was Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. As you go, make disciples. The way you make disciples is by sharing Jesus with others. Hmm. That's, neat. That's great. So you see youth ministry in a little different perspective. Here you've been a youth minister. Now you're leading youth pastors. And so where do you see youth ministry trending? The trend right now is it's is not easy to do youth ministry. Uh, more and more churches and communities are giving pushback against openly uh, communicating Jesus and the gospel. And I, I believe that's the only name that leads to salvation. Uh, we need to be very pointed at telling people about Jesus, worshiping Jesus. Uh, I, I, I try to, every time I preach and communicate, I have a goal of how many times I can say the name Jesus because I went, I want people to hear it. I want people to know it and to feel it because that man, Jesus changed my life. Yeah. Not only are youth pastors facing the uh, just identity crisis with their students of who they are, what they are, what do they believe the, the world is pushing against them saying, Hey, what you're saying is hateful or wrong. And uh, we believe uh, that the message that we have is not about hate or even judgment, it's about, man, we need to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And how can we love others? How can we lead others uh, so that they can see and know Jesus Christ? At 18 years old, I was led to Christ because a girl at a pizza place, she just talked to me about Jesus, but I saw that there was something different about her. She had joy in her life, and I had never really understood and seen the joy that she had. And she just kept talking to me about Jesus and kept talking to me about Jesus. And I saw it in her life. It was evident. And that's what led me uh, to a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Well, we talked, we were talking a little bit off the air about how uh, discipleship has been such a, a focus, Yeah. but it, that needs to change. Yes. I believe too many people have bought into so much of a discipleship model that they forget uh, to go and tell others about Jesus. And what happens is we can sit in a room, we can sit in a building or sit in a church and always learn, 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 and it's always soaking up. But what we forget uh, is the Great Commission is is not just discipleship. It's not just evangelism. It's it's a two-sided coin that you can't have one without the other. Our, our job is to replicate ourselves. Our job is to go and make disciples by making disciples. And it's just the nonstop process of as we pour into others, as we go about our life, uh, we win people to Jesus as we win them to Jesus. We, uh, I believe true discipleship is not about sitting down and just reading a book together. You do that as a part of the process. But what you do is you take somebody along with you as you go. And as you go, you go and tell people about Jesus. When you go to a restaurant, you pray for your waitress or waiter, and you, you try to engage in conversations with people around. Uh, you you know, if you go to a grocery store, you do that. If you go to bookstores, I mean, you're always looking for opportunities. How can I uh, encourage somebody, love somebody enough, and then in that, uh, lead them in a conversation? And listen, I don't believe our responsibility is to go and just start saying, hey, do you know Jesus? It's But how can I try to turn a conversation into that? And, you know, you don't want to do it in a cheesy way, but you want to do it in a way that it's you just want to, you know, share the love of Jesus. Yeah. Some way, some form. So how do we take that and begin to teach our youth that evangelism is important? And, and how do we help them have courage to do it? I think the way I learned it, I was scared uh, to death. I uh, actually uh, quit college when I was 19 years old because I couldn't take a speech class. I remember going through high school saying, I will never take a speech class. Got to college. And when it came to my sophomore year, the end of my sophomore year, I knew I was going to have to take a speech class. I chose to not go back to college. And I took a job with a bread company uh, because of fear. Uh, and that also led into fear of my life of didn't want to engage in people in conversations. Even as a new believer, uh, I, I wouldn't mind talking and having conversations. But uh, when it came to just expressing what the gospel is, I was fearful of rejection. But what happened to me is I had mentors and people that poured into my life, a pastor and deacons in my church that brought me to visitation with them. And I saw how it wasn't just a, a presentation that they did, but they would walk into a house. And what intrigued me was a music minister, actually his name was John, would go into a house one time and I saw him, he would scope out a house and not, that sounds like a thief, but no, <laughs> he would look for key things and he looked for pictures. And I'll never forget going into one uh, older gentleman's house and he looked for a picture as, as we were just making our way to a couch. And he saw this man had a picture of like he caught a bass fish. And as we sat down, he led the conversation into, oh, hey, man, I saw that picture of that fish. Man, tell me about it. And that man became so passionate about this fishing trip he went on and he engaged in what his his love for outdoors and that kept talking and leading into a conversation that led to John saying, I love fishing. I love hunting. But man, my passion in my life is my relationship with Jesus. See, when I was a, a teenager, I came face to face knowing that I was a sinner in need of a savior. And that led me into accepting Jesus Christ in my life. And that's, I learned from that experience. And then it was that summer later, I went on my first mission trip to Mexico where I was first time I'd ever share the gospel. And the Lord convicted me. And Jay, if you're willing to do this here, then I want you to do this back home. And it has been now a lifelong journey of trying to win people to Jesus. Yeah. So youth are, uh, we, we want to encourage them. 
We want to challenge them to reach out, but they're struggling. Yes. What, what are they struggling with today? Uh, like I said earlier, teenagers are struggling with identity. Uh, they're facing with uh, the world is telling them that you can be whatever you want to be, even if it's a whether it's a different gender. Uh, it, you've got to go. Everything's based off of emotion, and that's a that's a hard thing when we believe uh, Scripture teaches one way. Uh, the students are also facing. Uh, they're exposed to so much into the world at such an early age now with on TV and social media. I mean, kids have access to the world if they have a phone. And most kids have phones now between 8 to 12 years old. They're having a smartphone, a device in front of them that there's so many things of the world that can distract them. And honestly, it's noise and distraction that I believe is one of the uh, the biggest hurdles that a student faces. And for me as a student pastor, Oh, I absolutely loved any time uh, that I could take my kids away from the distractions of the world. And I, I was try I tried to be very intentional of having uh, retreats, D-NOW, summer camps, just different things that I could remove my kid from the world, uh, take them away from the screens, take them away from TVs and just sit down and engage in conversations to quiet them down uh, so that we can hear the still, quiet voice of God. Hmm. So what what do you I know you uh, interact with a lot of youth ministers across the state and you know those who are struggling and you know uh, those who are being very successful in things. Yes. Who, what are some sec- successes that are happening? Uh, the success is what I'm seeing. It's like it's a two way street. Uh, the things that are keeping the churches from not being successful uh, is the very thing that the successful churches are doing. Uh, and I, th- I, th- I honestly believe it's one thing is if the youth pastor is engaging people uh, with the gospel, tell, you know, they're preaching the gospel, uh, giving an opportunity to respond to the gospel, and they're, they're doing it in their life. It's not just happening from a pulpit. It's not just happening from a teaching lesson, but it's, it's their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it becomes so contagious that everybody around them, the leaders, the students, that they want to do what their leaders are doing. See, because leadership rises and falls on who, who, who is in leadership. Yeah. And so if, if the leader is doing it and there's accountability there and other people are seeing it, watching it, I know for myself, I can't keep it in. When I go and talk to somebody about Jesus, I want to tell the world. Yeah. Uh, like I just recently, the Lord convicted me of to go and talk to a neighbor. And I went and talked to my neighbor, uh, knew that he was a believer. He had told me he was a believer, but I was like, hey, look, man, I'm, I'm sorry, brother, but do you mind like just sharing with me, how did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? He actually goes to church with me and he sat down. We just had a great 30 minute conversation about how he was saved, but he had never been baptized. Hmm. And so it led into a conversation of like, hey, brother, look, man, like we do not believe that baptism saves you. But man, how awesome would it be that you get to model this for your he has two young girls that you can go and show them that your obedience to that you've given your life to Jesus, that now you can show them you can show friends and family the decision you've made. And now he's going through counseling at our church. In reference to, he's gonna he's gonna be baptized in the next few weeks. And man, I could not keep that in. I called friends, called family members. I've been praying for this young man, and that kind of stuff just lights my fire. Yeah. So, you know, youth ministers are looking for maybe certain material or tasks that they can do, but it's simple. Yeah. If they are faithful in their relationship with God, uh, it will be an overflow. Yeah. Into uh, their ministry, right? As I go around our state, the churches that are we're not seeing very many baptisms. Uh, when I have the conversation about, hey, you know, let, let's talk about this. What are you doing to reach your community? But it always goes back to the same question of, 
Hey, when is the last time that you engaged somebody outside of your church in a gospel conversation? Uh, how you know, and it could be something as simple as let, let me start with let me pray for the person. How do I follow up with that? How do I just go and say, Hey, do you know Jesus? And most of them that they're not seeing any baptisms in the church, and we say baptisms because that's it's it's a it's kind of like a line in the sand that we see that hey, if that, that's how we know a marker that people are sharing Christ and. They're following through with a decision and they make it public. And the, the churches that are not seeing a lot of movement in the baptismal waters is because the people, the leaders, are not sharing Jesus. Uh, but now, granted, this it's not one of these exhaustive things knowing that there are some people that go out and they share the share the gospel all the time and they don't see movement in it. We, do, we understand and know that we are not the ones that do the same and Jesus Christ does and the Spirit of God moves upon the person. Uh, we even saw that was it William Carey uh, went to India, and it was a long time before there there was people that accepted Christ. And so we know that we just have to be obedient to what God has called us. Right. I love the Great Commission. It tells us as as we go. Uh, so uh, the intention was not on the go, but it's as we go about our life to make disciples. Make is the uh, is the thing that we've got to just kind of set our hat on. It's so as I live my life, I, the way I try to explain it to others is so for a youth pastor. If you engage your students and just come ride in the car with me as as we go to some uh, visitation, somebody that maybe visited our church and listen, I, I was at churches where it might be one visit visitor every six months. Well, you still can engage that that family. Go and bring a, one or two students with them, or bring a deacon or, or two with you, and go and engage in conversation with the family. And as you do that. Uh, be intentional about bringing somebody with you that isn't the best communicator of the gospel so that they can learn from you and how you do it. Because that's how I became engaged in gospel communication because I was scared. And I just went with people that were great communicators and just had conversations. And I tried learning every one of the plans, uh, evangelism, explosion, faith outline. And when I, when I would do those things, I would get scared. I would remember, you know, I would lose track of where I was. I'll never forget I was in the New Orleans area and I was going through the faith outline. And I think after I was talking about forgiveness, I just went blank. And I told the family, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to come talk to y'all another time. <laughs> Instead of just being honest and simple. And uh, Paul, he would go before the governors and the judges in the book of Acts. And he would just say, this is who I was before Jesus. This is how I got saved. And this is what God is doing in my life. And when I learned it for me just to uh, be simple and just communicate those things that I learned through scripture of who, you know, who I was before Christ and how I got saved and what God is doing in my life now. It's, it's made it so much easier for me to communicate because it's my story, not right. somebody else's. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, when I was in college, I was going to go to camp, work at camp for the summer. And so I had, I had uh, led one person to the Lord at that time. But, uh, and I'll just use, you know, John three sixteen. Well, I knew that I needed to be better prepared. So I memorized the Roman road. Yeah. So I knew it, but you know, it didn't always fall that way as I began to share with those kids. But, you know, as part of that preparation, let the spirit lead. And it's so exciting. I always tell people the most, uh, two most exciting things that a person can ever experience. One, when you accept Christ as your Savior. And second, when someone comes to know Christ because God begins to work through you when you oh, begin to Oh, that's such an awesome thing. It's exciting. 
Well, tell me, I know you have such a passion for youth pastors, especially those who are struggling. And in in our conversation, I know you and me talk a lot about how you want to just come along and and give them a hug and just yeah. let, let them know that you're there. How are you doing that, helping across our state? Uh, as I just go around, I'm trying to build relationships. Uh, I like to take people uh, to lunch, to eat. Um, I am big on hospitality. Uh, I think that's the the hidden jewel of Christianity that we have forgotten uh, from the past. Uh, we don't welcome a lot of people into our homes anymore. Uh, and so, uh, but hospitality is something that I think was key uh, to the New Testament. Uh, Jesus went into people's homes. People invited him into their homes. Uh, different disciples, they, they did things in homes. I mean, you look at the Last Supper. The Last Supper. Uh, and so with hospitality, it's just how can I go and serve others? Uh, Servant evangelism. It's, it's what can I do and look for to love others? Uh, I've had some great examples uh, in my life. Uh, one, a guy that I love dearly. Uh, he is actually a children's minister now in First Baptist Church of Lafayette, Louisiana. And you're talking about good Cajun country. Mm. The food is so amazing there. Uh, but anyway, this this young man, Dustin Lee, he led by example to me and for me of how to love others. Uh, honestly, before I was became very close with him as a friend, uh, I think I, I was pr- probably pretty stubborn, uh, kind of cold-hearted. But the more I hung around him, I saw just this genuine heart that loved people. And because of encouragement, because of love, he led so many people to Jesus. He People followed him. And not to say they didn't put their faith and trust in him, but because of him, because he looked so much like Jesus, that his impact kingdom-wise was huge. And I, the more and more I hung around him, I, I started looking like that because I saw the effect that he had on people. Uh, he would talk gentle to people. He wasn't confrontational, but he would he would be truthful and he would just get to the point with things. But it was things about love and encouragement. And he made a huge difference in me for hospitality. Uh, right after we met, my uh, wife, uh, she was uh, sick, and he ended up bringing a, a brown bag from a grocery store full of crackers and soups and Gatorades. And we had just met each other, and but that left a huge mark on me that this guy was intentional. He got all of his kids in his youth group to write like a note that praying for us and with scripture, and I, it just left a huge mark. And I started trying to incorporate that into my life and in my ministry of what can I do to serve others, and that looks different ways. Uh, also, uh, just in youth ministry, uh, if I want to win the heart to somebody with Jesus, I've always found the easiest access that I have is if I can get in their belly. Because if I can get in their belly, if I can feed them and love on them, it gives me an open door to their heart. And especially, man, if I have gumbo or fried shrimp or something like that, man, it's easy access. Uh, But even in school systems, um, if a student minister, if one of the things is they're struggling with trying to, how can I reach uh, my community or my school? I found that it was, I never had a school turn me down to feed a team because it was free food and I would have people in a church, even in like I've served in churches of people of about 50, a church of about 50 people with a youth group of 10 kids. And I would still be able to go to a school and just get some of my sweet senior adults uh, to make sandwiches. And I would go and feed a team. It doesn't matter if it's a team of five, 10 or a hundred. Uh, you just try to get, build an army around you to go and uh, to serve and love on those. And those coaches and uh, the students would let me talk to them, and I would be very intentional. Uh, I'm doing this because, see, God has called me to love him. And because I love Jesus, I go and I want to love others because he has called and demanded me to do that. Yeah. Now, part of your job is that you are you are in charge of YC, a youth evangelism conference. 
you're in charge of Super Summer, uh, and you're in charge of Impact Camp. Yes. Now, plus many hundred other things that you do. But with those three uh, programs that you're involved in, which are big programs, uh, you, you see there's must be some importance in a retreat setting. Oh, no doubt. Why, why is camp all really important? The thing that set that sets youth ministry apart uh, when it comes to retreats and camps is just take a year. Just say if you only have a kid uh, for uh, one Sunday, like one hour on Sunday, and if you're lucky, you get them two hours. So that means you get them for church and you get them from Sunday school. But in church, you really don't have a lot of conversation with them. They're, uh, they're either sitting with friends or sitting with family. and You can't engage in conversation. Uh, so that's only really one hour of involvement and engagement in, in a Sunday school setting or a life group setting, just a small group. Uh, and then on Wednesdays or Sunday nights, where, whenever your youth group time is, uh, that might be another hour. There's 52, 52 weeks and if you're lucky, you're going to get a kid about maybe 42 weeks because you've got Christmas, you've got uh, different holidays, you've got family vacations, you've got ball games, you've got friends maybe going to spend the night with another friend. So just say 40. Uh, and so if you, if you get a kid at least one hour a week, that's 40 hours. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the impact that you can have a kid on a kid if you have a D-Now weekend or retreat at a camp that it, you can take your kids away? Uh, they don't have the distractions of the world. You get almost just in one weekend retreat as much time with them, if not more time with them, than you have all year through church. And then if you go to camp, you've got you've spent more time with them in that one week of camp. And that's where I've seen over the years that I build relationships that have still last a lifetime. I've got students that call me from 15 years ago. Wow. Uh, I just recently had a mom. Uh, of a student call me and say, hey, I want to let you know this, this young man, his name's Brandon. He's an engineer. He lives in Minnesota. He just got ordained as a deacon. And she called me to say, hey, thank you for spending time with him. Hmm. And it was because we intentionally did uh, retreats and we did getaways. And I spent a lot of time with him. And that uh, involvement in his life and pointing him to Jesus, he's now serving Jesus at a local, local church uh, in his profession, uh, but serving his church. And it just brings so much joy because it was all because of intentional time uh, of, of discipleship. And, and in that, it's trying to teach them how to share Jesus. So in a, a retreat setting, a camp setting, you got all kinds of times to be able to spend time with them, for them to have experience with God and that discipleship time. Yes. So, yeah. And, and, and if you want more information, too, about uh, what Jay's doing of Super Summer, YC, or Impact, you can check that out at where? Uh, tnbaptistcamps.org, uh, uh, right? That's right. And uh, also just the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board website. Uh, we have uh, uh, different uh, tags for our social media. We've got TN Baptist Camps on Facebook and Instagram. We've got YEC, uh, my name, Jay Barbier, uh, on any social media. I post a lot of things about uh, the things that we do and involvement. Well, one last thing. Do you think youth pastors need time away? Oh, uh, I, I think that's something that we never think about. We never try to put it into practice. Uh, Jesus was very intentional, taking time away for prayer, taking time away of spending time with the Lord, and honestly, just preparing for life. And we have to be intentional about that, just having a personal Sabbath and uh, what that might look like could be a different things. I know for myself, uh, some of the some of my most uh, pivotal moments in my life spiritually has been when I went away uh, to a retreat center, 
and just had quiet time with the Lord and didn't have the distractions of the world. Uh, I have a dear friend that runs a, a camp facility that I was talking to him about. I'm, I wanted to do a retreat with my son uh, about talking to him about just uh, life and purity. And so I did a, a purity uh, three-day getaway with my son mm-hmm. when he was a sixth grader that I believe was very pivotal for his life as well because uh, we were able to, to get away to talk about uh, the truths of, of the Scripture, but also about how to, to live a life that's pure uh, and uh, focusing on Jesus. Uh, uh, but even personally, uh, I think like for my family, I take advantage of, I go to Linden Valley and I come to Carson Springs uh, to just get away sometimes of the, the busyness of the world and to go and look at like, Personally, our facilities are just beautiful. You get to see uh, the river in uh, Linden. You get to see the mountains in Carson that I, I just absolutely love. Uh, and so I think we need to be intentional yeah. uh, about taking time. At least, uh, I would say, at least once a year, I think every minister needs to get away and uh, just recoup time of, okay, I, I want to spend some time with the Lord. I want to, uh, I try to use it as to write some sermons, write some themes, write some vision for the year. Uh, and, and God has always blessed me uh, through that and over that uh, when I take intentional time to get away. Jay, thank you for sharing with us what, how Tennessee Baptist Mission Board is, is really intentionally trying to undergird youth pastors in our state so they can uh, reach people for uh, their lost. Uh, also, I want to thank those who are listening today to our podcast. We would love to hear from you. You may have some questions for Jay or uh, what we do at TM Baptist Camps. Please send us an email. I'd love to hear from you. Send it to ccinfo at tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you will look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.